Good evening. Welcome to Down Syndrome Radio. Uh, we are the Downright Awesome Dads here to tell you about parenting children with Down Syndrome from a dad's perspective. It is August 1st, 2013, and we're here for episode 21. We've got a wonderful guest here for you today, but uh, let me introduce my two co-hosts. Rick, how are things going in Delaware? Going good. Good to be here. Ready for the podcast. <laughs> uh, back from the convention and uh, back from a special visit at Tim's place in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So, I'm oh, all right, we'll save it. We're gonna hear all ready, about it. Let me tell you guys about that. You got pictures, right? You know it. Okay. Okay. Well, anything else going on with your little girl? With me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Well, you know, second grade's right around the corner, so that's that's mm. big stuff. Jeez. So, well, she's gonna yeah, be smart. She's gonna be smarter than you pretty quick. <laughs> she is definitely. All right, Jason. How about over there on the other side of the, of uh, the great country that we live in? Uh, things are great. Just um, enjoying the summer. My my mom and dad just got here. They'll be here for for almost a month. So it's very nice to have the family here to to provide some uh, extra help. Um, Dexter started preschool, uh, full day preschool on Monday, and wow. it's going great. He's doing really good. Um, I'm really happy. How does he like it? Is he happy to go? Yeah, yeah, he's very happy. Yeah, he's doing really good. Sweet. Um, he seems to enjoy it. He's, he's, you know, he, we were, you know, kind of worried about several different things, but he seems to be doing great. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's. As I recall, he was just on the just started walking, the stumbling walking. Is he, uh, gotten a little bit more steady and rock solid with that or he's he's pretty steady um still a little still a little stumbly but um yeah he's doing he's doing really good he's um his balance is coming and he's climbing on everything and um you know just just getting there he's fast he's he's getting really fast he's at that stage kind of where he's faster than he can you know keep up with himself so it looks like he's falling stumbly, but he's going faster <laughs> he's getting more confident so it's, it's he's at that dangerous phase uh, nice nice yeah it's it's really fun it's he's it's, it's just a it's a really good age well uh here here in richmond um things are going well we're deep into the summer i got a summer cold going on that's really got me down to be honest I'm on my glorious week of bachelorhood, which is not something that happens to me very often. Uh, Kim and the kids went up to uh, my family in Albany, New York, and uh, you know they're spending some quality time with uh, with grandma and grandpa. So that's exciting. I was planning on doing all this work around the house and bachelor stuff, but I've been kind of down with cold. Um, but it gives me this nice, deep, silky voice. I'm going to sound like Rick tonight. <laughs> oh, but, man. Uh, so look at yeah, so now you just get to sleep, hopefully. I did. I came home from work, and I slept for like three hours. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. That's pretty awesome. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, but Luke's doing super. He really is. Uh, we're, it's a shame we didn't get to go to the uh, um, to the conference this year, uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, hearing all about it. Um, yeah, I know. I saw some friends from your area there, and they were just saying, man, the Winters would have really liked this. They would have really liked this. So, uh, well, it's time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, Kim We're doing road trip to Indy next year. Road trip to Indy. Is that where it is, Indy? Yeah. Oh, I got uh, I got lots of connections there. I think I can work that out. All right, sounds good. That's not as far either. 
Right. Um, all right, you ready to do the big intro, big reveal for our super guest? Uh, yeah, we do. We have a very special guest with us today. His name is Mac Machovich, and he is the executive director of the Rocky Mountain Down Syndrome Association. Welcome, Mac. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. Welcome. That just sounds cool, by the way, the Rocky Mountain Down Syndrome Association. Yeah, we're, we, we changed the name in January, and uh, we've had a, a great response, positive response to the name, and it, it more accurately reflects it, people in Denver. If you're not familiar with Denver, everybody uh, equates uh, Mile High with the city of, of Denver and not necessarily uh, parts outside of Denver and uh, being a kind of rural state. Uh, on the western slope, once you get outside of Denver, it can get pretty rural. So we wanted a name that that more accurately reflected that we were serving not only the entire state of Colorado, but into Wyoming, parts of northern uh, New Mexico, and uh, so we we changed the name, and it's been good. Great, man. So tell us about the uh, uh, well. Give us some background on yourself uh, and, and and your family, Mac. Sure. Uh, so. About well, it'll be seven years. August or September first, my wife and I had our our first kiddo, and his name is Guyan, and and he happened to be born with the the extra chromosome. Came as a surprise to us, but uh, we've we've kind of you know uh, moved forward and uh, just embraced it. And we've got two more kids. Guyan has a little brother and a little sister, Hoke and Ray, and they're just uh, so much fun to be around, as you guys well know, and uh, just kind of. Uh, makes your life more complete having kids and obviously having a kid with with down syndrome kind of gives you perspective as a man and as a father and it's just been uh, something that i never would have experienced so we had uh you know our three kids guyan will be in first grade next year hope's going into kindergarten and our little girl ray will will continue in pre-k so you know some of the comments earlier talking about school transitions and stuff we we feel them in uh we can empathize with with everybody out there listening, and, and certainly, uh, you know, Rick, Jason, and Mark. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a good life. I can't complain. All right, man. You sound like you're you're living you're living high, buddy. Hey, you know, I love today, and I can't wait for tomorrow. It is. It's exciting. That's exciting. I miss my family. I've been three days. I've been by myself. <laughs> Mac is on the family vacation, and you were on the opposite. Right. Oh, you're in, you're you 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 would love to have a night to yourself, wouldn't you? Oh man, I'm in a house with 19 people. Oh my God, how soon wow. can I be at your house, Mark? Uh, yeah, you could probably get here in a good 10 hours, dude. It'd be great. You know, I get I get to travel for work a fair amount, and I'll spend one or two nights away, and that's perfect. But yeah. more, but more than that, and I do, I get lonely. You know, we have families for a reason, right? All right. Well, uh, why don't you two give us the highlights of the uh, of the conference? But I think, uh, yeah, and Mac, maybe you can lead into uh, any background information about uh, the Rocky Mountain Down Syndrome Association and the, this particular conference, or tie-ins with GDSF or anything along those lines that you can give us. Sure. And, uh, maybe, and then we can, you know, take that into what we did with the convention itself. Okay. Um, so the Rocky Mountain Down Syndrome Association was pretty involved this year with the the uh, conference, the convention, the NDSC uh, conference in in Denver. We were one of the the host committee members and and really were responsible for drumming up a lot of the volunteer support, getting the word out locally, regionally about the the conference and the value that it brings uh, not only to our area but you know to the nation and to to all of us as parents. So. 
the Rocky Mountain Down Syndrome Association was really, really pleased to, to work with David Tolleson and the NDSC to, to hopefully put on a conference that, that everybody uh, thought was, was uh, worthy and uh, worth their time to, to travel across the country or from wherever they may have come from to, to be a part of it. Uh, so we played a, a pretty big role. Um, obviously, the Global Down Syndrome Foundation, which is also based uh, here in Denver, uh, there in Denver, <laughs> Uh, they were instrumental as well, and you know we've got a great working relationship with Michelle Witten over there at the Global Down Syndrome Foundation, and just you know count our, our blessings that we're in the same city, and we get a chance to work with with her, with Global, with the C Center for Down Syndrome, the Linda Cernick Institute that's also based in Denver, and we're just very fortunate that we've got a confluence of all these great uh, uh, resources for our families, and and hopefully people are starting to see that nationally as well that. That Denver's got a lot going on in in terms of Down syndrome, and I know that's Michelle's big kind of uh, big audacious goal is to to have Denver be the the kind of um, you know center point in the nation for all things Down syndrome, whether it's medical, uh, clinical research, or or you know just various programs. So uh, yeah, we're we're very happy, and and like I was saying earlier, you know life doesn't get much better, and we tell our families that contact us through our first call program that we run with the Rocky Mountain Down Syndrome Association, we, we say, you know, to these new parents, like you, you couldn't have picked a better place to have a child with Down syndrome. I know that, that all the guys here on the, the show today, you know, have great, great programs, great uh, affiliates where they are. Um, and not, not taking anything away from your work or anything like yeah, we that. We don't want to turn this into a competition. Else, it could get ugly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, we're just, we're really, really pleased and, like I said, count our blessings that we've got all that going on there in Denver. Did you know what you were getting yourself into with uh, conventions and volunteering and things like that? And were you at a convention before? You know, that's a great question, Rick. And and one of the things that we had talked about as an organization, uh, both as a staff and as a board, was, you know, is is hosting this convention something that's good for business, if you will, for us? You know, we talked to folks in, in Orlando, Kansas City, uh, San Antonio, places where uh, they had hosted the convention uh, previously, and that was one of our concerns: is what is the the actual drain going to be on us as an organization? And you know, on Monday when the convention and the NDSC leave town, are we left holding a bag that that is you know going to in some way be detrimental to the organization? So we really did our due diligence on that uh, to make sure that this was something first of all that we had the resources to to invest in to to actually you know, help hopefully bring a positive impact to the convention. But then, you know, my biggest concern was that our business didn't suffer while we were going through the planning process and, and the execution of the, the conference that, you know, if parents called or there were needs in Denver, um, that we could respond to those while at the same time, uh, you know, helping with the conference. So yeah. if anything, this is generating calls for you, right? Probably this is probably uh, getting people to call you. So you're right, yeah. ready for that in addition to the conference. Exactly. Huge exposure for us. Um, and you know, it, was, it was interesting because <laughs> this is a perfect group to be talking about this. At one point, we were at the conference near one of the uh, elevator banks, and uh, two of our dads from our dad's group came up, and it was me. So there was three of us. Then another one came up. There was four of us. Before you knew it, there was eight guys from the dad's group, and then one of our, our other dads that isn't formally a part of our dad's group came up, and he's like, talking to us. He said, hey, guys, you know, you knew one or two of us. What's going on? And we we're kind of laughing. We're like, well, this is the dad's group. And he's like, the dad's group? What's that? And we said, well, 
you're a part of it now, brother. Uh, yeah. So we ended up getting him signed up right there on the spot. And he's like, oh, that sounds fantastic. I'd love to be a part of the group. Perfect. And so there were little things like that that happened, Rick, you know, that, that you just can't put a price tag on. And connecting with some of our families, like I said, from the rural areas that had come in town and, and seeing the connections that they were making to, to new people or old friends. So it was great. Um, and yeah, I, I attended, I think, four conferences previously. And, you know, all of them are great. NDSC does a great job. And we were just, you know, pleased to be a part of it. You know, one thing I found interesting about hearing about the planning process was just the volunteers and the idea to get volunteers that aren't parents because the parents want to go to the conference right and and do the things you do at the conference usually did you have any uh, any uh, experiences with that or were you pulling people in from your area for volunteering or was that more coming from somewhere else well it's really kind of a mixed bag so we uh, one of the things that we did to try and entice and, and motivate people to to sign up was we gave out a lot of scholarships um, and those went to families and we actually, this is a fantastic story. We had a, a family member that went up and, uh, she had not previously registered. She was one of our scholarship parents and this uh, young lady went up to the registration table and said, I want to register to be a volunteer. And one of the NDSC staffers said, well, I see you're a registered participant and you're a parent. You don't have to volunteer to attend. And she said, no, you don't understand. RMDSA gave us a scholarship and I feel like I need to give back in some way. So I would like to volunteer, you know, for a couple hours if I can. Um, it was a mixed bag. Like I said, you know, a lot of people that were not parents, but, um, you know, a smattering of parents in there. But like you said, I mean, you know, Ricky, you were there. We've all been to these conferences. It, the, the value add is to be able to go in and sit and listen to these speakers that they brought in from around the country and, and get the, the uh, value that, that, they bring to the table because you don't get to do that every day. So uh, we, we definitely emphasize parents, please attend and attend the workshops and sessions. And, you know, if you want to volunteer, we've got a good corporate uh, support base of volunteers. So we, we pulled on some of them, some of our uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, like Lions Club, uh, mm -hmm. people like that. So those were a lot of our volunteers as well. Great. So um, I think... Uh, we could head into you know, what, what you actually did throughout the conference and your, your any um, stories that you took from the conference, or I could head in, I could walk through some of the things that I did if you need a break from talking for a couple minutes. But um, uh, I think that's the idea here. Just that last year we did a we did a, an overview of the convention. Um, all Jason, Mark, or, well Mark and I and Jason watched online uh, through each workshop and things that we attend and I think this year it's a little different it's a little bit different perspective because we have the benefit of having Mike here with us and I was at the uh, dad's table for a little bit so it's this is I think our review of the of the convention this year it uh, takes on a a little different spin which I think will be good for everyone to hear um, Mac any other any other background uh, that you would like to touch on before we before we get into the conference it's yeah, up. I want to hear about like everybody's favorite sessions and stuff like that. Okay. Cool. Well, I think uh, I think just there was a I think overview of this conference and all. I think this is one of the probably the best conference I've been to, and there was a ton of stuff to do. And Denver was an amazing city, and for my family, it it was a full week 
of uh, things because this was last year was in Washington. We were just there for the conference states. This year, we were there from the Tuesday before to the Tuesday after, and uh, we got there in time to get uh, to experience th the Thursday before, which uh, the Global Down Syndrome Foundation put on a roundtable for research and medical care with experts uh, meeting at the Children's Hospital in Denver, which is where uh, the C-Center is for Down Syndrome, which would be the Down Syndrome Clinic in Denver uh, that Global hosts. Uh, so they had, they held a session on Thursday and it was, it was fantastic. They uh, took everyone from the uh, hotel area to the Children's Hospital. Uh, we got to hear from all of the foremost uh, doctors that, that you hear of all the time, um, you know, from uh, behavior and um, uh, Alzheimer's uh, research. And I think, I think a lot of the stuff, uh, they were able to dive into more detail than you would normally have. So there was a, a dad's webinar a couple weeks ago that touched on a lot of those things. And this was the expanded uh, version of that. So um, I was able to go. This was able to go. Um, we, we, my wife was there with me with Kayla and Logan, and we were in and out of the room. But um, for the most part, during that, the things I really took out of that were just hearing the connection between Down syndrome and Alzheimer's, and the way that that uh, 21st chromosome is connected to Alzheimer's. And there, there was an interesting point that um, people with Alzheimer's eventually have a triplication of their 21st chromosome, which was really interesting to hear. Wow. Um, and that there's just a lot more research, a lot of promising things that could happen. Um, they had a, the, a doctor from the Alzheimer's Association who's head of their medical research, and he was just uh, telling us how, the, how funding for research plays such a big part, you know, and that the, the, the uh, areas that are seeing advances are getting... Uh, research dollars in the area of the billion dollar, I think he said somewhere around four or five billion dollars a year range to see improvements in that, in those areas. Now you guys know the number for Down syndrome that, you know, we're getting from NIH is like 20 million versus five billion or four or five billion to see advances. And he also mentioned that Alzheimer's gets around 500 million dollars in research uh, each year. So, uh, to be able to see the things that we're seeing with research for Down syndrome and the connection to Alzheimer's is amazing compared to the funding that's out there for those kinds of things. Um, the other interesting thing they were talking about was behavior and um, depression and how you would you may you can mistake dementia for depression and depression peaks in people with Down syndrome in their late teens and early twenties. I thought that made a lot of sense because that's the transition out of high school time, you know, and you're moving on to something else. And what's, right. if you don't have right. you know, that set up and some meaning set up for your life after high school, then I mean, the depression sounds like a natural thing that could happen. So looking out for that and being ready to see signs for that and uh, building independence for people so they can have a transition to move on was uh, some of the messages that they gave in that session as well. Um, Mac, were you were you at that on uh, Thursday? I don't know if I saw you there or not, but yeah, I was. Any other? Actually, Caleb was the the first person that I saw. As I oh, okay, yes, in. I I remember yeah. seeing you there now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, Rick, you you touched on some great points and and talking about the first of all, I don't think that 
that panel of doctors, both PhDs, MDs, the, the, you know, the, the fine folks that are researching either Down syndrome outright or comorbidities like autism or Alzheimer's or something like that, that, that had never been done before where you get that group of people together and like you said, to drill down in depth on, on uh, some of the issues that we're dealing with as parents was, was unheard of. And to, to touch on your research funding, I think that's one of the things that we've always kind of been frustrated with as a community is that Down syndrome, while it's the most commonly occurring chromosomal genetic disorder, it's the least funded. So I think what we're seeing is this, this new emphasis or this new look, if you will, that, well, Down syndrome doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? So there's a connection to Down syndrome and autism. There's a d connection to Down syndrome and Alzheimer's, Down syndrome and congenital heart disease. So I think if we can, as a community, and certainly as a research community, working with the C Center or the Cernic Institute, get those people, they're getting some major funding, either for Alzheimer's or uh, uh, autism or heart disease or something like that. If we can get them to look at, at how the comorbidity occurs and what that means for not only folks with Down syndrome, but the general population, I think we stand a much, much better chance of seeing some significant funds being spent from the NIH or from major research universities, whomever it may be, looking at these comorbidities and Down syndrome. So it was exciting, Rick. I completely agree. Um, the depression thing, you know, that, that struck me as well. And obviously, yes, it was there. Um, and it, you think about that, you know, it's, it's something that we probably think about as parents a lot is, okay, great, my, my kid's in, in high school now or middle school. But after high school, then what? If they're not going to go on to college, you know, are they just going to you know, graduate or go through a transition program at high school, get out of high school at 21 and a half years of age, and then they're going to, what, come back and sit on our couch, eat Doritos, and play video games? I would get depressed if I did that year after year as well. So I think it's incumbent upon us as a, as a community, as a, as a movement, to have some things in place that when Guy and my son graduates you know, at 21 and a half or 18 or whenever he gets out of high school, that there's some social opportunities, uh, employment opportunities, recreational opportunities, whatever it is, so that we can hopefully abate or avoid some of these depression issues. But it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, I think Tom Blumenthal at the, the Cernic Institute said it well when he said, you know, look, we've got exciting things going on and there's, there's a, a new groundswell in the research community for these, these different issues. But this science takes time. And none of this is going to happen overnight. I think some of the, the parents that I talked to were you know, getting very excited that, you know, oh, my gosh, in the next year or two, you know, my kid's life is going to be completely altered because of all this research. And Tom had a good, good kind of cautionary uh, words of advice there. You know, be patient with this. We're working on it. Hey, I, I wanted to jump in on the, on, on, on the research issue because something about this whole thing kind of bothers me a little bit that I, I feel that. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, in all honesty, as a group, we kind of have this um, this thing where we want to say that Down syndrome is not a disease, it's a syndrome, you know, and that our children are just, they're just different. There's not necessarily a, you know, a problem, but at the same time, we kind of, we kind of want this funding. And I, I think what happened was, you know, it, it's a, it's a perception issue where, you know, Down syndrome was perceived as something that, that really was beyond the ability to cure or to change. You know, it affected every chromosome, or every cell in the body, and that sort of thing. And then there was this kind of uh, 
acceptance where we, you know we all said you know okay we're gonna we're gonna accept people the people with Down syndrome the way they are they're wonderful I agree with all of that um, but you know as a parent of a younger child I'm willing to to work with research and change it but at the same time it seems like we're kind of uh, I, I, I don't know. We're, we're we're talking out of both sides of our mouth, and that we say that it's just if people are just different, but at the same time, you know, we want to spend a lot of money on, on 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 research. I think we need to change that a little bit and say, hey, you know, before we didn't think there was really a way to change this, and 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 that's that's the old way, and and, and now there's a new way. And as wonderful as as our as our kids are, you know, we're open to any sort of ability to improve their cognition and their and their long term outlook. But you know, there's there's still kind of both views out there. Do you guys see that as well as a as a paradox? You know, Mark, I could not agree more. And it's one of the struggles that we have at RMDSA is is really choosing our words carefully uh, when you you know, bring up the word you, the proverbial you, bring up the word you know, hey, we're we're working on a cure for Down syndrome. First of all, that's a misnomer. There will never be a cure for Down syndrome. As long as there are human beings on on the earth, there are going to be babies born with but, Down but, syndrome. And but there are people that would stop you right there and say yeah. a cure for Down syndrome. Well, that you know that pre you know uh, preconceives that it's a problem, you know. Uh, and I'm not right. I'm not one of them. I, I you know I'm, I'm I'm I love my son, but I would uh, you know I I would love to improve his outlook. No, I agree, and uh, you know I think that's what. The, the research, and I think this is where the, you, you have to look at the, the different elements of research. You know, if you're looking at Alzheimer's, you know, if I could do something where either one of my typical children, I could give them a pill in the morning, if you will, and they wouldn't get Alzheimer's, I would have my kids take that pill. And I think that's, you know, one element of the research is looking at elements like that and saying, hey, if, is there a way to make their, their physical being uh, a little bit better, avoiding Alzheimer's, congenital heart disease, you know, whatever it may be. But I, I agree, Mark, it, you know, we say, hey, you know, our kids are, are fine just the way they are, but we're going to change the things we don't like. And, you know, we've heard about all this new uh, prenatal testing and, and what that's going to do, you know, uh, getting into the eugenics and things like that. So I'm not, I don't want to change my son. I just want to make sure that his life is fulfilling and as healthy as it can be you know we've probably all been asked the question you know Rick Jason and Mark we've probably all been asked the question at some point in our lives you know if you could take the Down syndrome out of your your child would you and my yeah. quick answer is no because that in essence changes who he is but if somebody gave me a magic wand and said you know can we wave this wand over your kid and he will be more healthy uh, possibly happier and and uh, it, adjusted or whatever it may be, then yeah, I'd wave that wand every day. But I agree, Mark, it is a slippery, slippery slope. I think we need to learn how to package our wording as a as a uh, cause a little bit better because the word cure and change and things like that do come up. And I'm not really looking to change my son. I was out at the beach with him today watching him swim and run. And he's just a, a six-year-old going on seven years old that's enjoying himself. So what, what am I looking to change exactly? Well, you know, I guess I'm more real about it. I mean, uh, that I, I'm I'm working with my son on a lot of you know uh, sight words and, and 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 writing and learning, and it's like it's like there's a little bit of a fog over his eyes now. My my child with Down syndrome is my third of three, so I have three children as well. 
but you know I had those previous experience of watching my my older children learn and you know I, there, there's definitely some sort of a, a disconnect or a fog that makes it harder for him to learn things uh, and you know there's some physical attributes as well that he's not as steady in sports and whatnot and if I could if I could change those things without changing his personality you know let's admit it I would be glad to do it right. Agreed. I, and but well, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like the women's right. lib thing. You know, oh, they want to be equal, but they still want to have the door open for them. You know, and I'm not I'm not either here nor there on that on that <laughs> issue. But sometimes they feel like that we're being like that, and that it, it it might be worthwhile to admit that we would like to change at least cognition in our children. Of, of all the things that come with Down syndrome, that's the one that I that I would change in a moment. Yeah, and you want him to be the best he can be. Right? I know. You want to give him every opportunity he can have to have the most fulfilling life. That he can have, and if there's and, anything you can do to help with that, then that, that's I think we're all in the same boat there. And and, and, and and as wonderful as as he is, the disease or the syndrome or you know whatever whatever you know nomenclature you want to use, it impacts his ability to learn, and I would like to fix that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I'll get off my soapbox. Sorry about that. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> <laughs> as a father, that's what you want, and that's that's really kind of the kind of things that we were looking for and grabbing onto on Thursday with this. Uh, research uh, day and I, I wanted to touch on a couple other things if I could from uh, some of the things that, that what we did and, and were mentioned during that conference and I just oh, one question while oh, you're looking for that Rick yeah you know I, I went last year the only time I've gone and, and I think Kim and I have kind of talked about maybe an every other year schedule for us because it is a big undertaking was there any duplication of sessions? You know, were any of them essentially you know rehashes of the previous ones, or were they pretty yes. much all new material? No, it's it's the same. It's it's, it's the, the same, same general and same, and same, same general topics. Different different presenters in some different cases. Different presenters. So, you know, the and the big names that you that you always hear about the uh, uh, Patricia Winders, the um, Patty McVeigh, um, Libby Kuman, Libby Kuman. Yeah, those guys. Always there, the um, you know the learn the see and learn stuff and reading that's always there. Um, I think there was a, there was an interesting twist this year that was added just since we're on the topic. Uh, you know, for siblings of older people with Down syndrome. Which, yeah, I'm looking at an adult so you, sibling track. Yeah, so I mean, I mean this that's like a hot thing to talk about, right? People with Down syndrome are living longer now, and we're having understand what these issues are now beyond education for housing and surviving um you know parents and how would you want to plan for the future and that's really interesting stuff that you know hasn't been the focal point of uh discussion i think is, is high and now th that's a bigger thing because people are living full lives at this point so what do you do um and how do you plan for that yeah um let me I touch on oh, go ahead I was going to say, I think one of the things that the NDSC is also looking at, and Mark and Rick, you bring up an interesting point, is it is it the same old, same old, or is there some old and some new? One of the things that I think that they're in discussions about is is doing possibly, you know, let's, let's pick on speech therapy or speech issues, doing like 101 sessions and 201 sessions and 301 sessions, because, you know, if you've got a, say, a 10-year-old with Down syndrome, you're probably not going to be too interested in hearing what you heard four years ago on on speech issues so they they may look to to kind of uh, shore up their offerings and have you know kind of 
uh, stair stepped uh, different levels of, of intensity in the some of their sessions, which I think would be great. Oh, I like know. I like the sound of that because you know there's yeah, times when you go there and you're like, oh yeah, I kind of yeah, I kind of heard most of this, and there's other times where you go there and you go, whoa, I'm I'm a little over my head here. Right. Yeah. And I think they could do a better job, and I think this is some of the the national conferences in general, and we talk about it with Down syndrome affiliates in action as well. Is you know making sure that you're hitting each one of the marks, and you're not just catering to to one segment of the 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 population, or you know, with parents or or uh, affiliate leaders. That you know, there's a little bit something uh, of something for everybody, so that you're not in over your head, but you're not also sitting there going, "Man, I'm so bored. I'm just going to sit here and text in this session." <laughs> yeah, it's amazing as you progress. You know, there's always somebody new that needs to hear that, but then you need to have something that tailors to you and. They had so many, I don't know, I think they had a, maybe a record number of workshops that were presented at this one to try to touch on all of those things for everyone. In fact, they moved the sharing sessions, Mark, that you would have experienced like on the first day before to, uh, that was on Friday now, and the pre-conferences were shorter. So the way the days flew were a little different, trying to tailor it a little more so everybody had something more to go to, I think. It, it, it was, a, it was a, I, I felt like there was a lot to offer. I feel like, um, for me personally, the same thing. I mean, you go to the same thing year after year, and now this year I'm focusing more on on the legislative stuff than I ever have, and, and hearing things that <coughs> not even getting into. I mean, we went to a session. One of the sessions I went to was Patty Saylor, so the Ethan Saylor uh, case out of Frederick, Maryland, where he was with the sheriff's office and um, was detained and ended up dying and. Uh, you know, what happened as a result of that and how um, it was addressed. And she was right there with us. You know, his mom was there and his sister was there and talking about what they went through and, you know, how we can make sure that doesn't happen to our kids kind of thing and what we can do with law enforcement to train them to uh, to make sure they have a program in place to handle people with disabilities and understand that people with disabilities may react differently than someone, the typical person that's going to an event in public. Or they, uh, someone may react differently to a louder voice or a command versus uh, someone else. So it was they had a uh, an instructor there from uh, a police area and they Plano, they had, Texas. There you go, right, right, and and he was fantastic explaining what they did in Texas and uh, representatives from NDSS and. Uh, I think it, it was it was really interesting to hear. And then the announcement they made that same day was that, that there was a push for um, an independent investigation on this whole thing that happened with Ethan Saylor. And we found out that the Department of Justice did open up an investigation that day. And the timing of everything was really was really interesting. And they had a table at the in the exhibit area as well, where you could go up and talk to her and uh, talk to Patty and understand more about her situation and what happened. Um, so that's why that was something really touched my heart during it and was, uh, you know, something different, definitely a different thing to go to versus what you would have seen in the past there. You know, Rick, that was one of the, the things I was going to mention as well as I sat in on that that same session. And RMDSA here in Denver is is uh, actively working with a couple of different police departments to, to uh, conduct some training for the law enforcement officials. And so we, we had a high degree of interest, we being staff at RMDSA, to hear 
uh, Miss Saylor talk about the, the unfortunate incident with Ethan. And, you know, I think it brings up, uh, it, it opens up just Pandora's box there, you know, something that Mark was touching on earlier about, you know, that cognition. If Ethan had the cognitive ability to say, and we, we got some uh, details there, didn't we, Rick, about what actually happened in right. the theater? And one of the things that I don't think anybody knows is when Ethan was sitting there and refusing to move, he actually had his iPhone out and was trying to purchase another ticket to sit in the movie. And that's when he was approached by these off-duty uh, police officers that were security guards for the theater. He was actually trying to purchase a ticket on his iPhone. And that's when they came up and told him that he had to leave. He couldn't verbalize and couldn't communicate what he... Uh-oh. Oh. Yeah. Boy, you left me right hanging there. Do not touch him. If there you guys. touch him, he's going to freak out. And okay. they oh. touched him, and he freaked out. Oh, Matt, go back. It was like a 10-second important part of your story that just we missed. <laughs> oh, okay. It was so, crucial. What part? Oh. After after trying to buy the tickets, and then the aide go right there. So Ethan was trying to buy the tickets. The caregiver told the security guards that came up, the off-duty police officers, she told them, if you touch him, he will freak out. So Ethan is trying to buy the tickets. They told him to leave. He couldn't communicate what he was trying to do on his phone. And they literally went hands-on and touched him, and he freaked out. And unfortunately, the, the end result was, he was Ethan was a big kid, and it took three security guards to, to try and detain him. They ended up on top of him. The whole time, he couldn't communicate you know what he was feeling, what was going on, and and obviously we know the the very sad and unfortunate result of that lack of communication. So it makes me think. You know, what if Ethan did have a little bit higher uh, ability to to communicate or cognitive ability? Could all this have been avoided? What if the these officers had been trained better? Uh, what if the, the the caregiver had been trained better? What if the manager at the movie theater had some awareness? So I think, you know, that whole just I'm going to call it an awareness campaign nationally. I think we're doing an OK job, but I think there's a lot of room for us as affiliates, as parents, as as, um, you know, self-advocates going out and advocating for themselves. There's a real opportunity for us to to share with the world, uh, not only kind of some of the, the constraints that our kids are under, but some of the abilities. And I think if these guys would have had just a little background base knowledge on Down syndrome, this whole whole situation could have been avoided. Yeah, it was it was like a, a perfect storm of wrong things happening. You know, yeah. the, the, there were more facts that came out. It was interesting. I think one of the one or more of those uh, deputy sheriffs knew Ethan, and you know, but didn't realize, I guess, who it was in the beginning or something along those lines as well. And you know, and then also the mentality of the of the you know, of the, just the idea of the management getting him out of the theater. Is it worth having three deputies pull somebody out of the theater over the cost of a movie? So yeah. it's rough, rough. So there was there was a lot of emotion with that, and uh, there was a lot of emotion at the table with Patty Saylor. And I think it was good to see, and I think it was great that she was able to get out and do that. You know, I can't imagine what it's like experiencing the death of your child, and that was just as early as January this year. So um, she's gone through a lot, but um, she is very happy to share and interested in talking to people. So that was really good to see. And her, her daughter, Emma, as well. 
Um, All right. Let's see. Wow. I wanted I want to touch a little. Let me uh, give you this. So there were some cool facts that came out of the Thursday thing too. Just to hit that one more time. Um, when it, uh, they had some good, uh, interesting cancer statistics. Uh, leukemia accounts for fifty percent of all cancers in people with Down syndrome, but ninety-two percent of all of that happens before you're twenty years old. So. They we're talking about the correlation between the lower cancer rates later in life with people with Down syndrome and the different types of cancer that uh, people with Down syndrome are less likely to get. And uh, along with that, um, uh, coronary artery disease and people with Down syndrome is lower. So despite the fact that someone may have higher cholesterol or may have other criteria that you would think put them in, um, a place where maybe like where I would be, where they're saying, "Hey, you're you, you're more at risk for something along those lines." People with Down syndrome, they they took a look and they said, 50 year olds with Down syndrome have arteries that look like a ten year olds," and that it just the the plaque just doesn't seem to build up in people with Down syndrome, and they're trying to figure out why that is as well. Wow, um, that's cool. Uh, from a prenatal diagnosis standpoint, forty nine percent of OB, OBGYNs so they don't have adequate training on delivering a Down syndrome diagnosis and uh, showing the need for the help of us being able to get the information out there. There was focus on the, uh, the, pack, the, the uh, brochure that's out from NDSC and UDSF to, um, uh, for new families and, and the need for things like the first call program that Max talking about that he had um, from the Rocky Mountain Down Syndrome Association. Um, and let's see. And then they were also talking about, you know, you hear a lot of heart defects with kids with Down syndrome and people with Down syndrome, but they said the real population, uh, it's only 50% of people with Down syndrome have heart defects and 50% do not. So I was surprised by that percentage. Um, and I had one oh, other question for you. Oh, well, let me know when you're... Ready. And then just the last thing I wanted to hit on, uh, when it comes to research, there, there was a greater focus on um, increasing research. And I, they talked about last year that we've gone from three, which is pretty pitiful, three labs in the United States focusing on Down syndrome research to 16 over right. the course of the year. So that was pretty awesome to hear. And uh, they had a group that met in Denver. It, it's, it's called the, the Soup Group. Uh, of 40 scientists uh, that are all collaborating on uh, different research projects uh, to help in, in those efforts. So this super group is out there and meeting. And so these are some of the promising things that we're hearing. And I think that's everything I had from, from Thursday. Uh, the one other cool thing they did on Thursday was Thursday night there was a concert in Denver uh, where the artist Colby Calais uh, had a, con had a um, concert for everyone who attended the Global Roundtable. It was small. It was awesome. It was a cool theater. Everybody loved it. Of course, it, it kicked off the whole dance uh, party <laughs> atmosphere of the convention, and it, and it was absolutely fantastic, and she was wonderful. And uh, I, now my daughter is, is just asking to hear Colby Calais songs all the time. It was <laughs> Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift the week before. So that was pretty cool. 
that's that's worth the conference right there. there you go. <laughs> I got a break from Justin Bieber. Right. <laughs> hey, Rick, um, I was going to ask about the. Um, did you use the kids camp at all? You know, I did not, but I heard from I heard from people that this year's kids camp was a step up from last year's kids camp. So, I don't know. If, yeah, I, I heard. Uh, I don't know experiences with uh, from what I I took from last year's kid, kids camp. It was a little. Uh, it was a little more thrown together, and this one was a little more structured. I think. What about what, what about you, Mac? Did you use it? We did not. You know, living in Denver, we just had a, a babysitter at the house, so we didn't we didn't get to participate in that. But uh, I heard the same thing that that Rick said that you know they were structured activities. They they really they put some meat on the bone with that. I think. It's just it's just hard. You know, like you, Rick. I I, I don't know. I I don't like leaving my kids with people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, no, I, I, I so, get it. So I think how, it all—it all comes. Yeah, it's that you know. And, and, and you had you a newborn it, too, so I mean, how did you handle getting to sessions and stuff? <laughs> yeah, my life changed. So I have a whole new. Uh, you know, you, you look at people with more than one kid, and you can say what you want, but until you do it, you don't know for sure. So now I have a whole new, a whole new approach towards these conventions because we definitely could not divide and and conquer as far as going to sessions. So it's it's, it's, it's like it's like going, you only have one of you on station at any given time. Yeah, so uh, you're right, man. So Amy was in, but see, there's there's pluses and minuses. So that whole research day, that intense Thursday research day, I was in the conference. Amy was in the lobby, but there were a lot of other parents in the lobby too. And there's a lot to be said for the networking you can do with other parents that are in the lobby. I think that's like 50% of the conference and the learning is meeting other families. So she really got the benefit of that. And I got the benefit of the info from the so inside. So she was able you know, to hang out in the that. lobby with, 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 with both of your children and stay on station most of the day. And yeah, so that, now I didn't get to add the one other part. So there was, um, for the Thursday plan, they had volunteers, a ton of volunteers. And they basically came up and said, hey, we're all out here together. Let us take your kids and we'll all go do an activity over here. They're all high school kids. So my daughter sees like a high school kid and she's like, I want to go with them. You know, so... Right, but and, you had uh, the but you had the little she had the little guy right, yeah yeah and Logan too and uh, actually I, at that point I think uh, after traveling and having a connection and flights and everything we're like yeah you guys want to play with Logan you're fine go for it <laughs> um, it wasn't in a it, it wasn't in a separate room it was uh, if you could imagine like uh, a lobby in front of a, a convention room or something along those lines and it was airy and there was a outdoor space and an indoor space. It really lent itself well, I think. The only, I mean, the plus side, the, I mean, it's a positive, but the only downside to that day was that they had to use an overflow room, but I think that's a great thing to get that much interest. So there was a room where all the present, presentations were happening, and then there was an overflow room where things were being printed, presented on a video screen. I mean, that just shows you how many people are interested and ready to go. I think they had 400 people Ooh. attend that day. So oh, my God. It was a fantastic event for not, you know, that for being a day early. Uh, you know, they got a, a huge turnout. I think. Well, good work, man. I yeah, hear, uh, I hear you guys got to meet the uh, the famous Colette Koski. <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, Jason's wife sat with us at the banquet dinner, and uh, and uh, the person that she attended with, and that was their first uh, convention. So they were taking it all in for the first time. And there's a lot of times, like we we just talked about it, right? What's new for us when you see someone there for the first time? It's an amazing experience for them. And, you know, they're going through a lot of emotions with seeing it for the first time. 
And seeing that many people with Down syndrome in one place is an amazing thing. And it's, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, I was it's overwhelmed. I was experience. a little scared going, you know, <laughs> I, I remember. Uh, but, right. you know, now that. Yeah. Uh, and then, but you don't want to leave in the end, right? right? That was all done. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. It, it didn't, it, it didn't really materialize. You know, uh, it was just, uh, it's just amazing. Yeah, so. I think, um, I think that was probably one of the biggest things that Colette and um, and our friend Amy, who has a son named Milo who has Down syndrome, who's just like two months, two months older than Dex. Um, they went together and and just. Just the camaraderie and and kind of meeting um, the families and uh, meeting the older um, people with Down syndrome and and seeing everything that they've accomplished and the and the guest speakers like um, I think uh, Karen Gaffney was the was the speaker right yeah yeah she's a, um, she's she has a doctorate yeah and so you just go. you know seeing that stuff that that people have accomplished. Um, some some great artists. I know we have. Collect came home with a couple great <clears throat> pieces of art that were done by um, people with Down syndrome. Has wow. some great stories yeah. about um, families and stuff. Just kind of you know bouncing things off people. You know what worked for for you. Um, we have yeah. a, a one of a, the uh, one of the general sessions. There was a couple married for ten years. They were the presenters. Ten years, you know, both Down syndrome, and it, it's amazing. What a what a happy story, and and just the story about them was fantastic. So, yeah, seeing these success stories and uh, opening your eyes to that, and saying, you know, you, you just have a different outlook, and you just see that you know a lot of things are possible. It's what what does your kid want to do, and what do you want to do for them? Yeah, it's very true. Because I think I think um, you know, for us, um, going to support groups and stuff like that uh, in the first year or so you know seeing the the older people with down syndrome was was probably the hardest part of going to those support groups sort of you know kind of glimpsing into the future if you will um and that was that was tough but you know and and but you see you know when you go to something like this there's a whole kind of range of of different opportunities available for people and and it's 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 definitely a, a Glad had a had a great yeah. experience. I mean, yeah, and what you got, and I'm sure what she gets, and what I always take from it is like, man, look at these guys. They are look what they're doing, and you know, not everybody does that, but, but look what they're doing. And they didn't have the supports that our kids have. I mean, our kid, look, yeah. our kids are seven and younger, or all four of us. I mean, imagine what they can do with the supports that they have in the future, or what they'll be able to achieve versus someone who was in their same situation, you know, 30 years ago. It's just, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's just so, it's just so much. It, it's promising and it, it's comforting. Yeah. Uh, there was a session about uh, gaining independence where two self-advocates led the whole thing. One was her name is Meredith Martin, and the other is Lee Jones. And I, both of those guys are certified certified um, at trainers at uh, gyms, and they both have driver's license. They're both leaving on their own, multiple jobs. Um, Lee lives six hours away from his parents, um, you know, and, and to talk to them about, you know, what their life is like and how they like their life and how they like being independent and how they got to that point and how the parents, you know, took it one step at a time. You know, it all st started from, okay, you're going to make your bed and then we're going to go to the next routine and then we're going to go to the next scenario in life and how to figure those kinds of things out. It was so, it, it's just, 
it's uh it's it's great to hear those kinds of stories and how they got to where they are and seeing that you can get there and probably way more because you guys are like i said they're in their 30s and 40s now and they didn't didn't have the same kinds of things yeah we were we refer to them as kind of the pioneers that we're you know our generation is is standing on the shoulders of giants and and i think it's once again incumbent upon us it's our responsibility to make sure that those babies and families that are coming 10, 15, 20 years after us, that we've kind of, you know, made the place a little better, if you will, and, and maybe somebody stands on our shoulders in, at some point in history. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and you know, those are like the, some of the super success stories, but there also was a focus at the conference on dual diagnosis and, you know, an autism Down syndrome diagnosis and how to focus on that aspect of, um, life and what you're going through and, and handling different situations that life presents to you. So I think it's, it's all about just showing that you, I think what you get out of that whole convention, and I'm sure you guys agree, is that, you know, you're not alone and there's other people that have walked the, the same path and there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, research and help out there that you otherwise would just feel like you're in your own little section of the country. But really there's, there's a big support group group out there that can help get information all right <laughs> well so. you guys got any more conference stuff i also want to make sure we hear about tim's place oh yeah i'll definitely don't touch on that for you guys too uh let's see so uh, pre-convention we did patty mcveigh and talking about ieps so anybody listening whoever has an opportunity to talk with patty mcveigh or has a question about their ieps you can reach out to her um, and she's with the Global Down Syndrome Foundation. Um, my wife went to a sharing session for bloggers, which was kind of cool. So every all the there's a lot of uh, mothers of children with Down syndrome blogs out there. So they got to all see each other face to face and talk about each other's blogs. Um, we had oh at the dance at, at the at one of the dances one of the nights I think it was the second night. Uh, they had they themed it really well, and it was like this Hollywood theme with like red carpet and lights and posters and all kinds of stuff. And then um, there was a proposal, and uh, what people proposed to each, of course, proposed to each other, and you know said yes in front of everybody, and that was really cool. Cool. Um, let's see, and then on Sunday uh, they had a you know familiar with the. The closing ceremony, like same, it's similar to what happened last year. Right, but last after year was that, the Firefly song, yeah, or a firework right. or something. Right. So then, so that you know, same type of thing, uh, it, and it's awesome. You know, it's it's incredible to watch and inspiring, and you know, tears in your eyes, and can't wait for the next convention. But then they had a, a baseball game with the Colorado Rockies right after that, so we were able to go. Uh, to uh, Coors Field in Denver and experience uh, that with, you know, there was a huge crowd of people. We took over an entire section, I think, of people that were from the. Man, convention. you don't miss a thing when you go to one of these, Rick, do you? You really suck it all in. We don't sleep. We don't sleep at all. Too. I'm following you next time. You, I, I dare you. I dare you. Yeah, it sounds tiring though. Um, you know, it it goes until like midnight or like twelve thirty, and you got to be up and moving for eight o'clock every day. It's rough, but uh, <laughs> and you're and you're up all night with a baby. I guess not up all night anymore, but at least know. they crash, right? Logan was in a stroller during all those dances, and he was just sleeping. So that was fantastic. 
But uh, uh, Kayla's like a party girl. Like she'll go until the party's over, and as soon as the music stops, then she crashes. But as long as the <laughs> party's happening, she mm-hmm. is going to keep going. I've got a great story from the the Rockies game, Rick. Uh, so there were over 600 people that from the convention that went to the Rockies game, and uh, wow. if you're familiar with baseball, that's probably half the people in the in Coors Field. Um, <laughs> But uh, so because we had so many people attending, it meant that we got a, a free kiosk to, to hand out information. So Rocky Mountain Down Syndrome Association had a kiosk right behind home base up in the, the concourse. And our volunteers were setting up. And uh, when they finished setting up, the first people that came up mm-hmm. and um, uh, kind of introduced themselves to the volunteers a prenatal diagnosis, the mother had just found out the week before that she was carrying a child with Down syndrome, didn't know anything about it, hadn't talked to anybody, and literally walked up and, you know, as they were going to their seats, saw the kiosk and stopped and talked for like 15, 20 minutes to our volunteer. We're now connected to them, supporting them, and and helping them on this journey. But I was like, you know, talking about how to end a conference, it ended with a beginning, you know, with this new mother and her husband uh, coming up and getting information and getting connected. And I just, I thought that was, you know, if you believe in, in signs and, you know, higher beings or whatever, I was like, man, there's there's something stronger at work here. Yeah, that's if, a if you take that to its, to its logical conclusion, you may, have, you may have saved a child's life. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Amazing. I had, I, had, I had an instance like that where someone walked up to me in the lobby of the hotel and said, what, what's going on here? And uh, we told him, you know, it's the it's the National Down Syndrome uh, Convention, and uh, they were like, I didn't even know that existed. I have a son that's 22, and you know, I didn't even know that there were things like. <laughs> they just this. happened to randomly walk into the hall. He has a son with Down yeah. Syndrome. Yeah, regular- there well, there was another convention there for something for for vitamins or something like that, and he was there for that, and his family was there, and he had his whole family except for his son, who has Down Syndrome. And uh, I said, man, you had, he would love this if he's into dances and they have uh, youth and adult, um, you know, workshops that happen all day and you make connections with people all over the country. And so they were like, they're like, well, we're going to Indianapolis next year. Definitely. Those, those folks and need to get out of their cave a little bit more often. Right. <laughs> I was, I was surprised. And I'm not going to lie. It happened twice. We had two twice? different experiences with people. And then the funniest thing that happened, which there was, it's not really the funniest thing, but it was really interesting. We got there right at the beginning. We're getting into the hotel. A guy walks by. I think it was probably, I don't know. There was a lot, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of different interesting people in Denver, but this guy had on a Buddy Walk 2006 t-shirt walking across the front of us as we were walking into the lobby, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool, too. So it's, it was really just interesting, all the little things that happen that you see while you're there. Um, the last thing we did was um, the C Center, so that was on Tuesday or uh, Monday. So we thought we were thinking, let's maximize our trip out there. There's this Center for Down Syndrome uh, at Children's Hospital. We went to see it on Thursday. So just my family. We made an appointment for Kayla to get a uh, to have her uh, checked out by the doctors that are, were assembled for this uh, C Center, which is uh, Doctor. Francis Hickey, who is fantastic. He came from Children's Hospital in Cincinnati and was also in Children's Hospital in Boston. Um, amazing uh, work and um, research going into your kid. They had all our medical records already prepared and looked at and were ready and were telling me things about Kayla that I didn't have to tell them. And uh, that's never happened to me before. So it was fantastic. 
uh, just to talk about her and where she is in her life and what she needs to be focusing on. And um, we talked about the uh, the uh, thing that just happened in the news where they were able to silence the the third chromosome and you know how real is that you know and things like that so which which really is just just for that just for your not uh, knowledge that's just something that's happening with a cell in a dish right now it's not in any in, in animals or people or ready for anything like that but or it may never be but it was something that they just found uh, but in addition to that um, so she saw uh, the director there Fran Hickey Dr. Hickey and then also Patricia Winders is there to evaluate uh, Keila for PT and She's just an amazing person that shows you things that you're like, you just hit yourself in the head um, with thinking, why, oh, we could have thought of doing something like that. And then we came home all other guys, uh, speech therapy and um, uh, social worker, uh, to, just to go over her full, um, a full look of what Kayla's doing and where she is right now. So that was about a, a four-hour experience at the C-Center on Monday, and it was, it was just fantastic. So... Uh, if you have an opportunity to be in Denver and do that, go for it. It sounds a little daunting, but that's the model of the C Center and what what Fran, what Dr. Hickey's put in place there is that when a family like Rick or someone from Colorado, the Rocky Mountain region, or wherever in the country, when they come to the C Center, it's it's one stop, and you, they bring in ENT, cardiology, uh, speech, physical therapy, and you don't have to set up separate appointments months apart. So it's not like Rick met with the cardiologist and then two months later he's got to come back to Denver and meet with Pat Winders. It's done in one day and it can be, you know, obviously like you said, about four hours, but you're getting it all done in one one stop and you can go home and like Rick just said, put some things into practice. Yeah, I mean, we're always, the more information we can get, the better is how we always feel with that. And, you know, we have, we have some solid places around where we live. Children's Hospital in Philadelphia is awesome. Uh, but to hear it again from another specialist, and some of these guys are, you know, they're the key people to talk to. It was great to have one-on-one -on -one time with them outside of the convention, where you could also do that at the convention. You single them out and find them, and that's been our benefit in the past with a lot of the specialists, is waiting till after the presentation, talking with them, having them look at Kayla and, and uh, you know, talk with her. So, but that, that, was, a, that was a special thing that happened on, on Monday for us. All right. Yeah. Matt, you got anything you want to round up for the conference? I think we've covered it. <laughs> All right. I think, you know, as usual, we could go probably for another hour yeah, on things that wow. happened at the convention. Right. Maybe maybe a, a couple more hours. Uh, it's an amazing experience. If anyone's listening and wants to get a better feel uh, for more of the things, go back in the podcast list because we did this last year this time and through, uh, through the eyes of all of us as well. Oh, and it's all available online. Yeah, that's what I, uh, that's where I was going. So if there's if Definitely. there's you know if you're if you're interested in a specific session, a lot of them were online, right? Yeah. So anything that's on the part of the general convention, the pre conferences aren't, but the regular convention is, and those are all hour and a half sessions. So you can listen through an hour and a half and get caught up on something or get re-energized about uh, what you're focusing on. Hey, is anybody going to make note that this is episode? 21. I believe I did. Boom. Unless no, no, I got it wrong. The, yeah, you said yeah, it. But just, it's 21 on top of that. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Oh, <laughs> wow. I'm dense. Come on, Mark. Come on. I know you're tired. Oh, man. yeah. I am. I'm not now. feeling well. You know, and, and we were going to comment that I believe we have, uh, we've lasted over a year as well. 
Yes, yeah. this is the anniversary episode, Max. And so the big anniversary nice. extravaganza right here. <laughs> Man, I am honored. You get that. The millions of know? people out there listening. Thank I you. Know, I know, I know. They're all waiting for, for this to post. Like The people are just dying out there. No, seriously, people need to hear about this. That didn't go. It's good. It's a good thing. I'll, I, I, I've been waiting to hear about uh, Tim's place as well. Okay. That's so, why I've been closing down the conference. I'm trying to move you along to the, to the part that I've been waiting to hear. Oh, man. Okay, so Tim's Place. So you guys, so probably everybody has heard about Tim's Place, and it's been on CNN. It's a restaurant that's owned by a person with Down syndrome. His name's Tim Harris. And it's been on CNN and media coverage, and it always it comes out in waves, you know, and it, it's out there for people to see and hear about, you know, his experiences of owning this restaurant. Um, I was lucky enough to be traveling to Albuquerque the past couple days, and uh, they are open from 6.30 till 2.30. So Were you by yourself, or did you have the clan with you? No, by myself. This is a work thing, and I'm just lucky wow. that where I work has a, needed me to go to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And in my mind, I'm like jumping up and down, smiling, like I got to figure out how to way to get to Tim's place. Because in my head, this restaurant is like the mecca of Down syndrome. So like Max talking about, you know, the center of Down syndrome being in Denver, but you know, at the same time, it's this little restaurant that's in Albuquerque as well. And to see the success that this guy is, has in this this uh, restaurant that's in a you know a, a mall uh it's like a you know like your regular like kind of outdoor strip kind of mall and there's a walmart in this shopping center too um and there's a store that just says tim's place and it says you know breakfast lunch and hugs and world's happiest restaurant and i got there at like it opens at six thirty. i got there around seven o'clock and there was only one person in there and tim wasn't there yet so uh, I so was you like ate your meal really slow. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, and it, yeah, and it's big. It's a big. It's bigger than you would think it is. It's a big place. Um, the you know the server there was awesome. Um, the food was amazing. Uh, it was. I had huevo. Uh, I guess you say huevos rancheros, maybe. Mac, does that sound right? Huevos rancheros. You got it. Okay. So yeah, so and and in New Mexico they're big on like uh, chili, like green chili sauce, and they green put chili. that and cheese on top, and it's it's fantastic. So the food was awesome, and then I was worried that I was only going to be able to walk around in there and take pictures. But then Tim walked in the door, and which was I was really excited about, and I don't know why you, you know even you get nervous. Even I don't know why I would get nervous because I've actually talked to him before and seen him and everything. But um, then he walked back out the door and took off, and I, he was gone. And I was like, oh, no, he left. So uh, I had to ask, and they, they said he went to go shopping somewhere. So spent some more time looking around in the restaurant. Tim came back eventually, walked up to him, got my hug from Tim. The restaurant, they have a, um, a digital counter on the wall that says how many hugs he's given out. And that was number 41,407 for hugs. <laughs> um, Are you making that number up or you remember it exactly? I remember it exactly because it was that cool, you know? And I'm telling you, man, this place, <laughs> like the energy you get coming out of like the uh, national convention is kind of the same energy you get coming out of there as well. It's just like, you see, you just all this, it just feels, everything just feels right. And it just so happens that his dad was there that morning too. Because I, I was like, Tim, can, let's go get a, um, let's get, can I get a picture with you? Let's get a picture. I'm like, He's like, yeah, yeah, and, and um, you want to do like a self-picture? And he's like, no, let's find somebody. And there were a couple of people in the restaurant, and he goes, oh, and my dad's right over there. Let me just go get him. So he pulls his dad over, and I got to talk to his dad for a little bit, and his dad is an amazing, awesome guy. Uh, in fact, his whole family was at the national convention. They got an award at the banquet dinner. They had them all up on stage, which was really cool. Um, so Tim's dad came up and 
you know, he just asked me about my daughter, super genuine, super interested. Uh, you know, I felt like I knew him forever talking to him. And, you know, he just said, you know, Rick, the important thing for our kids is to have something for them after school and that transition, like we talked about earlier today. Um, he said, Tim could have a great education and go through, even Max said this, give a great education, learn a lot, but then you transition and what do you have? He said, you just have an educated couch potato. He said, so he said, you really have to think outside the box. Don't look at what the system is telling you and anything is possible for our kids if we have it. And they have like the, um, the Disney quote in there, if you can dream it, you can do it around and all of like Tim memorabilia from his life and pictures and stuff all over the restaurant. So it's, it's very inspirational. And at the same time, it's just a community, uh, a restaurant right there where people are in there eating breakfast and stuff. So, um, so it was really cool to be able to sit there and talk with them and, and meet with Tim and, and, and just take it all in. And I wish I could go back there like every day. That would be really cool. So, so Super. I'll number 41,407. Okay. Boom. That's the picture, Jason, the one on the, uh, on the post. Can yeah, so if you, if you, you guys go to uh, downsyndromedaily.com, there's a summary there. Or if you see me on Facebook, there's pictures there. And uh, there's pictures of the food, too. So, you know, that, <laughs> right, that, right. I see everything. This should be an advertisement as well. They're a sponsor, of course. <laughs> so, I don't know. It was really cool. It was a really cool thing to do. So, if you're ever in Albuquerque, you got to remember Tim's place. Got it. Albuquerque. You know, I, I was there a couple of years back. It could happen again, I suppose. Sure. All righty. Well, uh, oh, we do. Wanna, you want to do moments? I know we're already running the word yeah. about a minute, or an hour ten. But I, I'll I take think that for my moments. moment. You'll take that for your. Oh, nice, nice, well done. Boom. Jason, Next. give us a moment, buddy. And then Mac, listen to what we're doing, nephew. So every, it's kind of like what happened in the last week because we don't do this weekly anymore. But you know, whatever that kind of struck you as your as your moment with your child. Okay. You got you got one, Jason? Um well I'm not sure if I have one, but but just uh just the the post preschool um glee of of both Dexter and and Ma- mama and papa I think is very good. After his first day of preschool he he, he was actually kind of hoarse when he got home from from just talking and you know, singing and doing whatever whatever preschool two year olds do. Like he just got back um, from an ACDC concert or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was kind of it was it was really funny. Like I kept anytime he said anything, it just cracked me up because because he had you know two two year olds don't usually get like that hoarse kind of voice sound, um, but it was it was really funny and it just it just kind of reinforced um, you know the decision for us to to. Put him into school. Get him into school as soon as possible. You know, as soon as he sees another kid do something, he wants to try it. And I think that's the best, the best thing that we can do. All right, awesome, yeah. man. You watch him learn. So um, your mind is about Luke and talking. Um, you know, he's he's kind of been on this plateau for like the last year or two, where when he talks, his his speech skills have gotten better in that he's learned more vocabulary. But he's really lazy in his sentence structure because, you know, he can say cracker and, and we get the message that he wants a cracker, you know. Then you might move on to want cracker, you know, and that's that's nice. It's even better. But he's really old enough and he, he, he really can do it. 
to make full sentences like "Can I have a cracker?" or "I, I, I would, you know, I want a cracker" or whatever. So we've been on a kick lately where we've been forcing him to state full sentences every time he says something. He gets he gets pretty annoyed with us, but you know, we make him do it. <laughs> and I noticed just this week because, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm a bachelor. I'm at home on my own, and they're all up. At, my family's in New York. So I've been talking to Luke on the phone, which is something that. You know, with his, you know, the way he, he he was limited before, you couldn't really have much of a conversation on the phone. But uh, it's kind of come through that uh, his, you know, his communication skills and his speech skills are much better where we can have a kind of a full conversation even over the phone without, you know, any sort of, uh, you know, uh, visual or whatever. And uh, it's been great. I actually do a lot of Skype as well, but, you know, sometimes it's just a phone conversation. And uh, that's like a whole new thing we can do that we couldn't do before. That's great. That is great. Video chat, maybe, too. Huh? Yeah, yeah video chats are good, too. Good stuff. What do you say, Mac? Got anything like that? Oh, you're about to go on vacation. Well, I'm, I'm on vacation, but uh, I, I do have something that I think is pretty cool. You know, I think a lot of times we're, we're told or someone uh, finds the need to remind us of the, the uh, kind of... Uh, Things that our kids won't do, and and I've been very pleased that that our that Guyan is a, a very strong swimmer and loves to be in the pool. And we were in the pool the other day, and he had his little mask on, and I put some swim goggles on, and I just kind of ducked under the water and was kind of looking back up towards the surface. And as I look up, here comes Guyan just kind of floating down, and he just, I mean, underwater. We're both underwater, and he just has a grin on his face from ear to ear. And underwater just starts waving to me. And I remember sitting there in the moment thinking, you know, people told me he wouldn't swim, he wouldn't do this, he wouldn't do that. And here I am sitting there having just one of the most surreal moments with my son underwater and just loving every minute of it. It was it was really cool. That is awesome. That is great. All righty. Anybody got anything we do before we uh, round this whole thing up? Uh, how about plug Mac? What do you, what, anything you yeah, need to plug for? Yeah, that's what I was going to do is plugs rmdsa.org correct and then we 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 do our walk a little bit early because of the weather in denver so our we do a step up walk so our step up for down syndrome walk is going to be september 22nd at city park in denver so all right it's harder there because you know the air is thinner right <laughs> that's the reason we only do a one mile walk real men do the walk yeah. in 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 rocky mountain <laughs> there you go all right, so we got that. Anything else you want to plug, Mac? That's it. Plug people with Down syndrome. RMDSA.org. Uh, obviously, we are the Downright Awesome Dads. You can find us at downrightawesome.com. Believe it or not, we're still having some website issues, which are impacting uh, iTunes listings. But uh, this episode will be up there, but it's impacting some of the uh, archives, as it were. We're working on that. But uh, if you could also find us on uh, iTunes, uh, search anything Down Syndrome and you'll find us. But uh, it's uh, um, Down Syndrome Radio. We would love uh, uh, a comment, a review uh, on iTunes. That'd be super. And there you go. That should wrap up uh, episode 21. Thanks for spending an hour with us. Indianapolis 2014. I had a song. I got to be ready with my song. Ready? It's kind of obvious. <laughs> I was excited to hear this actually, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really get you in the beach mood though, Mac, I'm sure. <laughs> that's awesome. 
Yeah, you're like, this air's all thick. Right. It's <laughs> like breathing oatmeal. Right, right. Well, I'm sure there's plenty humid down there. I was never told to drink water as much as I was. It was amazing. So, uh, just to give a little teaser, we uh, are recording our uh, next episode. We've been having some... Uh, some uh, not, not not cancellations. What's the word I want? Reschedules because uh, you know summer's a busy time. So we actually have another episode we're recording on Saturday night with another wonderful guest. So you get a burst of, uh, of applause. You guys ready for that, right? Saturday night. Because oh, yeah. you know us rock and dads got nothing better to do. Us. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Mac, thank you for being here. Hey guys, thanks a lot. It's been super, Mac. Thank you so much. I'm hoping to meet you in Indianapolis next year. I hope so, Mark. Maybe sooner.